The Urbanist is brought to you in association with the Department of Culture and Tourism, Abu Dhabi. Sadiat Cultural District Abu Dhabi is a beacon of hope and inspiration. A catalyst to spark growth and collaboration with museums and experiences, where art and science and nature and technology coexist. The belief of Abu Dhabi that culture is the backbone of our society. Stay tuned for a special episode of the show, in which you can hear His Excellency Mohammed Khalifa Al-Mubarak explain exactly why and how Sadiat Cultural District Abu Dhabi is the perfect place to collaborate, create, and innovate. Sadiat Cultural District Abu Dhabi, proud partner of The Urbanist on Monocle Radio. If you've ever waited in the eye-wateringly long line to enter St. Mark's Basilica, one of Venice's top tourist attractions, you may have taken a moment to admire another of the square's photo ops just to the basilica's left. Heavily adorned with spiritual symbolism, the famous clock has its own cultural and political story to tell. You're listening to Tall Stories, a monocle production brought to you by the team behind The Urbanist. I'm Andrew Tuck. In this episode, Sarah Grice tells us the history of St Mark's Clock Tower. In the Piazza of St. Mark in Venice, there are many eccentric and eye-catching urban monuments, slowly sedimenting in memory, time, and the changing weather as the earth heats day by day. The Byzantine ecstasy of Golden St. Mark's Basilica is flanked by four bronze horses on their tall colonnades, stolen from the sack of Constantinople in 1204, in turn plundered by Napoleon in 1797, and restored under Austrian occupation in 1815. The Gothic splendor of the Doge's palace with its gaudy pink walls, site of political intrigue, ceremony and torture. The 98.2 meters tall bell tower, which collapsed into rubble in 1902 and had to be entirely reconstructed from new materials. In this square, the blend of styles and traditions tells the urban tourist the lurid and sprawling story of Venetian urban life. It's a history of the decline and fall of empire, of occupation, of resistance, knowledge and discovery. Visible from the lagoon's tranquil basin, in the heart of the piazza, there is an intriguing clock tower. Its face is blue-painted marble with esoteric symbols emblazoned in gold. An object of architectural fascination, technical innovation and master craftsmanship, the clock was originally placed here so that the state power of Venice would be immediately visible to merchants, politicians, nobility, emissaries and diplomats arriving into the most serene republic by sea. This is the Torre de Orologio, the clock tower, one of Europe's oldest and most ingenious astronomical clocks. It dates back to the early Renaissance when it was originally constructed and installed by Gian Paolo and his son, two clockmakers from Reggio Emilia. It took them three years in a labour of love to build the clock face, craft its internal machinery and install it high upon the stone tower. These urban architects began their work in 1496 and the astronomical clock of St. Mark was inaugurated in the piazza by Doge Agostino Barbarigio on February the 1st, 1499. During this period of history, many such clocks were constructed in Western Europe 
as public displays of the wealth, power, and technology held by the commissioning state. They were symbols of power, part of the aesthetic machinery of politics, not simply objects offering data to be read and utilized in everyday life, like the modern clock or watch. An astronomical clock, or orologium, is a curious object in our modern world because of the way in which it reads time. Not only does it tell chronological time, the system used by the modern 24-hour clock, which divides the day into fractions, discrete intervals of time, the hours, minutes and seconds that allow people to construct their working days and leisure time according to these units. Instead, these clocks show a grander, symbolic and cosmic form of time, a blend of astronomical and therefore astrological time. These alternative measures of time are calculated using celestial data gathered by astronomers, i.e. data scientists, calculating the position of the known planets in relation to planet Earth. This was then presented in the clock face through its intricate machinery as the dials and symbols and clock hands tell a story that can be interpreted by the reader. On the face of astronomical clocks, the positions of the inner planets in our universe, those visible to the naked eye without the use of a telescope, the Sun, Moon, Mercury, Venus, Mars, Jupiter and Saturn, these celestial bodies were discovered and studied during the early modern period by astronomers, astrologers, and natural scientists and philosophers such as Newton and Galileo. Additionally, the 12 zodiacal symbols that correspond to the seasons and the structuring of the meridian are featured in gold around the circumference of these clocks. Their construction was a feat of Renaissance genius, as they were made with intricate dials and mechanisms that allowed people to read complex data through symbols, forms and images that would have been familiar to the Renaissance layperson but are now strange to most modern readers. On St Mark's clock today, the only planets that remain are the two luminaries, leaders of the planetary sphere, according to astrologers, the sun and the moon. The twelve signs of the zodiac are also there, woven together with the clock hands with golden stars constellating its blue marble face. The other planets were removed from the clock face during the Enlightenment, a time during which astrology was discredited and removed from the curriculum of the major universities in Europe. Astrology and astronomy have many intellectual overlaps, and the historical interplay between those two vast subjects is endlessly complex. Put simply, to distinguish the two, astronomy is the study of the cosmos to offer data, and astrology is a practice that uses symbolic means to interpret this cosmic data. The Oxford English Dictionary gives the definition of astrology as the art of judging the occult influences of the stars upon human affairs, which remains its only dictionary meaning since the 17th century. Although viewed today by many as an occult practice, astrology occupied a visible space in public life for centuries in the Western world. It had its heyday in the Hellenistic and Renaissance periods. Elizabeth I had an official court astrologer. John Dee, whose job it was to inform Her Majesty of the most opportune moments for public and political forecasting and decision-making, such as building new monuments, inaugural ceremonies, waging wars and beginning love affairs. The astronomical clocks are a prime example of this moment. The inclusion of astrology and astronomy in public life during the Renaissance, not as something secret, hidden or occult, but practiced in plain sight, more than just a tool in public and political life, these subjects held privileged places on the curriculum in the universities as part of the teaching of natural sciences, biology and philosophy. However, during the Enlightenment, any forms of magical, synchronous or non-rational worldviews 
were persecuted and relegated to the status of the occult or pseudoscience. But astrology lived on. A body of ancient, scientific, esoteric knowledge spanning millennia cannot easily be destroyed by ideology, heresy or the force of dominant culture and institutions. It went underground, however has been gradually making a comeback, since re-entering the mainstream in the 1920s in gossip magazines with Sunstar daily readings. It is now widely practiced and studied by psychologists, artists, historians and academics alike. Along with the many ordinary people who gain a sense of awe and wonder by looking up at the stars and lunations at night, and feel a sense of joy in the sun's warmth every day. The St. Mark's astronomical clock may appear to be an antiquity, but far from being an out-of-use relic, it is still fully functioning today. For 14 euros, you can take a tour and climb its dark stairwell, look at the giant machinery ticking away, and enter onto the skylines of Venice to see the bronze moors chiming the bell from their plinth every hour on the hour. The clocks linger in plain sight in countless European cities, including Prague, Strasbourg and Venice. Venice is suffering in the throes of ecological decline and extreme weather such as floods and storms leave their meteorological traces upon its urban blueprint that can't be undone. Despite the ever-growing threat of climate change though, Venice's creative and cultural economies remain thriving and functioning on the daily, like the clock tower itself. A magical worldview, which was a key part of Renaissance, urban, social and political life, can be thought of as a portal in the imagination. It lies somewhere between the rational, practical, scientific structures of chronological time and the cosmic schema and timing of ancient subjects like astronomy and astrology. The arrows of the ancient centaur philosophers, seen today constellated by the zodiac sign of Sagittarius, the archer centaur, can be interpreted as symbols of this divine spark and creative inspiration that anyone can access through gazing at the stars and planets. The curious facade and reverberating bells of the clock tower will continue to inspire the imagination with beauty and craftsmanship and an air of mystery for as long as the piazza remains above the water. Tall Stories is a monocle production from the team behind The Urbanist. This episode was written by Sarah Grice and produced and edited by David Stevens. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast to receive new episodes every week. I'm Andrew Tuck. Goodbye. Thank you for listening, City Lovers. Hold up. 